We are on the home stretch of our uh, very interesting series. Uh, thank you, guys. You are the you are the the core, the remnant, man. You just hang you hanged on to the end, and so um, it, it's been a journey, and uh, it's been you know some deep stuff. It's been some weeks are a lot of content, and uh, some weeks you you leave, myself included, still kind of scratching your head, like okay, I don't fully understand this. Uh, but I think maybe I understand a little bit more, a little bit better, and uh, that's probably going to be the case tonight. It's going to be like, okay, I don't fully understand it, but okay, I'm, I'm getting there. Um, and so that's, that's okay. We're, we're learning together. We're growing together. We're not uh, avo- avoiding um, some hard things. We're, we're going to lean into those hard things, and so, um, so we're, that's what we're doing. Tonight uh, won't be as heavy as last week. Uh, last week, we, in our, in talking about spiritual beings, we jumped over to the dark side. We, we went to the, uh, to the evil side, so to speak, and the bad spiritual beings. And so tonight, we're jumping back on the good team, and uh, we're going to talk about um, that. And so uh, it's not as many notes as last time as, as either, so hopefully we can um, all take it in. But uh, though it's not as many notes, this still is, this topic tonight, the angel of the Lord, is probably still one of the most puzzling things in scriptures to really understand and grasp like what what is this uh, who is this and what uh, you know I'm confused by some of the passages because it seems to uh, contradict itself or flip-flop back and forth and and we'll see those tonight and uh, hopefully uh, be able to maybe understand them a little bit better um, but we we want to talk about the angel of the Lord and I want us to remember back to um, our time that we talked about angels, and um, remember that uh, angels are spiritual messengers, and uh, there's not an angel in the Bible that's ever depicted as having wings. We don't see that. Uh, we do see um, another classification, if you will, of spiritual beings called cherub, and they do have wings, but angels, these messengers, are never depicted as, as having wings. We learned about that. Uh, we did learn that uh, they are often depicted as human beings in the Bible. They, um, these spiritual beings take on these heavenly bodies and, pre- and present themselves as humans. And that's why you read scriptures like, uh, you know, to do good to all people because you might be entertaining an angel, you know. And, it, and that's why we see that. And that's why we see uh, random guys show up in the Bible and then they leave and the writer says, oh, that was an angel, you know. And so, um, so we just keep that in your mind as, uh, um, as we go through this. But let's uh, dive into it. You see in your notes, um, talking about Yahweh's presence in the Bible. And so we're going to jump into this because in the Bible, Yahweh, God, that's God's name, Yahweh, is betrayed as the transcendent creator who is other. And I like how they put that. Who is other and above all. But also while being present and accessible within every part of his creation. So God is uh, the Elohim of Elohim, like we talked about. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is above all, the creator of all. But yet somehow, and this is the paradox we're going to look at tonight, is that even though he is above all, he also can be in all. And he can dwell in us, and his presence can be with us. And so um, it, it's, um, it's very interesting. And so there are some occasions, we're talking about his presence uh, where we see some scriptures here where uh, the biblical authors describe his presence as di- in a direct appearance. And so they're not just using uh, just figurative language, but they use some bold language. And I just want to, uh, us to draw our attention to that first, how um, in the Bible God shows up. So Genesis 17, we see God's presence there. It says that Yahweh appeared to Abram. So we see that. It's very clear language. In 1 Samuel 3, you see that in your notes. Uh, 
that Yahweh appeared again. And so then it says Yahweh revealed himself to Samuel. So that's one of the ways that we see God show up in the Bible. Okay, And so let's uh, build a case here of, of seeing God's presence and seeing how it manifests itself and seeing what it looks like in the Bible. And that's going to lead us up to this angel of the Lord. And, and what, what is that and who is that? And so we see uh, that he appeared. On other occasions, we see how Yahweh sent these third-party messengers. Okay, And so that could be either a human that's a prophet or a spiritual being that we talked about, angels. right? And we see those in those texts of Second Chronicles. Uh, in Second Chronicles, it says that again by his messengers, and then that down a little bit more, it says messengers of God, and then it says prophets. And so it's it's blending some two there. Um, and then in Genesis 19, it says two angels came to Sodom. And so we're seeing as we build this case, we're seeing ways that God is presented in the Bible. We're seeing His presence be revealed in the Scriptures. Um, and there are many occasions, however, where a, um, a figure called the messenger or the angel of Yahweh appears. So not only do we see where there's messengers and prophets and angels, but what we're going to talk about tonight is where we see this angel of Yahweh. And that's where we're going to start uh, diving into this. Um, and this, these stories that we're going to read, these scriptures that we're going to read are packed with puzzling features uh, that we're going to see tonight are not there by accident, okay? And so all these stories are coordinated and focused on this paradox that we mentioned that can be summarized this way. This is in your notes, but if you want to write it down, here's just kind of a summary of what we're going to talk about tonight. So I'm going to give you the answer before we get to it. Um, the, the angel of Yahweh, the angel of Yahweh, the angel of the Lord, is both Yahweh and distinct from Yahweh at the same time. And I'll, read, I'll say that again. The angel of Yahweh is both Yahweh, it's both God, and is distinct from Yahweh at the same time. And we're going to see that as we go through this. So this is why your heads are going to be um, turning. You're going to see that in the Scriptures, in the same passages of Scripture, where they, they talk about this angel of the Lord being God, but also being distinct from God. And so it's, it's really, really uh, crazy. And, uh, and just um, to put your mind at ease a little bit, uh, we're going to lead up to the New Testament, and we're going to see this same paradox, the same principle applied to Jesus, right? Jesus, who was fully man and fully God. He was God, but yet he was the Son of God. It's the same principle. We're going to lead all the way into that. We're going to lead also into the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit is God and Creator God. He is Yahweh, but yet he also can dwell in every Christian, right? And so uh, that's where we're getting tonight, but I wanted to give you, the, give, give you the end before we start because your minds can be like, ah, um, and, as mine was as I was studying. So, um, so the angel of Yahweh is both Yahweh and distinct from Yahweh at the same time. And here's some, uh, you see in your notes, that box with a bunch of scriptures, just some key uh, for us to reference back to, a key list of appearances of this angel that's called the angel of Yahweh uh, in the Hebrew scriptures. And so you see all those. We don't have to go through all that, but you see where uh, the, the angel of Yahweh appears to Hagar and Abraham and Moses and the Israelites. All, you see all that there. Um, but what I, what I want you to notice about all of those, and I would encourage you to read them on your own time, is that if you read every one of these stories, you will notice there's a pattern in every one of them. 
the person writing, the narrator there, switches back and forth from various titles in a way that will blur the identity of who is talking about the speaker there. So whether, you know, it'll use things like Yahweh or use things like the angel of the Lord. It'll switch, it'll, it'll blur lines. And there is a passage here in your notes that where you can see this example. You can look there in Genesis 16. In Genesis 16, we're going to read it. And so I'd encourage you to follow along with this. It says that now the angel of Yahweh, that's what we're talking about tonight, the angel of the Lord found Hagar by a spring of water in the wilderness by the spring that's on the way to Shur. And he said, so it's talking about the angel of Yahweh, Hagar, Sarai's maid, where, where have you come from and where are you going? And she said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarah. Then the angel of Yahweh said to her, return to your mistress, submit yourself to her authority. And the angel of Yahweh said to her, I will greatly multiply your descendants so that they will be too many to count. And the angel of Yahweh said to her, Behold, you are with child, and you will bear a son, and you shall call his name Ishmael, because Yahweh has given heed to your affliction. And then, watch this, Then she called on the name of Yahweh who spoke to her. So she recognized that it was God speaking to her, this angel of the Lord this, uh, that we're seeing here. So she calls his name Yahweh. And then says, You are God who sees. For she said, have I remained alive here after seeing him? She saw God. She's like, am I remained alive? So this narrator here calls this figure of the angel of Yahweh. Uh, he calls him an angel of Yahweh, but yet also shows us that it's distinct. It's, uh, it's God himself, but also an angel. And so um, very, very interesting. Um, and if you examine these scriptures, you might think, well, maybe if you just look at this one alone, you might think, well, Maybe this was just a, a mismatching of some things, or maybe it was just an interpretation error, or you know, maybe they could have used a better word, or you know, that kind of stuff. But if you read all those in that, in that uh, box up there that we list, you'll see the same exact thing. There also, there also is some other ones, if you turn the page, just to kind of give us a better understanding. It might be on the same page for yours. Mine's a little different. But you'll see Exodus 3 and Judges 6, and uh, kind of some big boxes there. And, um, and just notice the bolded words. Um, take, for instance, the Exodus passage. The uh, writer here calls this figure the angel of Yahweh as though he is distinct from Yahweh, but then, calls, then he calls him Yahweh and then immediately calls him God. And so this figure speaks as though he is Yahweh God and that he's also, uh, that's also who Moses understands him to be here in Exodus. So just look at it. It says, the angel of the Lord, that's the angel of Yahweh, but then on down, verse 4, it says, When Yahweh saw, he turned aside to look. God called him from the midst of the bush. So now he's referring to him as God. And then down at the bottom, it's, it, it's a quote there. And it says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, God of Isaac and Jacob. Then Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. So see how they're interchanging there? That they are using uh, the angel of the Lord, but then also using the word God um, in the same verses to talk about the same instance. Um, so it's just very interesting um, because this, we don't see this anywhere else in Scripture where um, there's any type of angel, if you will, that is, a, that is actually God is, or representing God. All the other angels are messengers for God, and this angel here is very unique because uh, they understand it to be God himself. 
And so that is, it is a um, way that God is manifesting himself. And you see that also in Judges. Judges, this long passage here is a very uh, sophisticated passage. It's very real, well written. Um, and the writer is already assuming that you have been keeping up with the story. And so there's a lot of applied things that you, know, you would have to know a lot of it already going on. Um, but he's blurring the identities here uh, really to the extreme. Um, you see the angel of Yahweh, you see Yahweh, you see God. It's all interchanged in this story. Uh, but draw your attention down to uh, verse 21. I, n- I apologize, that's a smaller font than normal. Um, but verse 21 there, um, you see uh, in, that, in that one passage, it's very noticeable, that final scene there, where he says, the, the angel of Yahweh put out the end of the staff that was in his hand, and touched the meat and the unleavened bread. And the fire sprang up from the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. Then the angel of the Lord vanished from his sight. So using angel of Yahweh, the angel of the Lord. And then look down at verse 23. Yahweh, not angel of Yahweh, Yahweh said to him, Peace to you, do not fear, for you shall not die. And then Gideon built an altar there to Yahweh and named it Yahweh. So... The angel vanished, and then he's still talking to Yahweh. And so um, it's just very, very unique stuff there uh, for us to realize that um, this angel of the Lord can be distinct from Yahweh and also can be Yahweh. So um, if you, as you flip the page here, uh, at least in mine, it says the identity of Yahweh. And so we're going to kind of um, see how the scriptures identify Yahweh. The most reasonable conclusion you see here in your notes to draw from all these stories is that this blurring of identities between Yahweh and the angel of Yahweh is an intentional strategy aimed at making a profound theological claim about the identity of Yahweh, of God. And so here it is in the bold there. The one God of Israel, that's the God we serve, is a complex unity who is both transcendent and above all yet simultaneously present and accessible within creation through a mediating person who is both Yahweh and distinct from Yahweh. And we see examples of this mediating person throughout Scripture. It's the angel of the Lord. It's Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit. And so um, very, very interesting uh, things there. So let's let's keep kind of looking at some Scriptures just for support and context. Uh, But this time, as we look at the identity of the angel of the Lord, uh, we're going to see how, it's descri- how he's described and the environment that he's described in because they use a lot of imagery, a lot of titles, um, and those kind of things. And so uh, we can look through the book of Exodus. There's several scriptures here. Um, through the book of Exodus, we find this clear set of hyperlinked stories. They're all kind of connected here. Uh, um, it, it's going to connect the angel of Yahweh in the burning bush, uh, with a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire, uh, that one you know that's guarding the Israelite army in the wilderness. We're going to see all of that. We're going to see how it's connected to the glory of Yahweh that fills the tabernacle. Uh, we're going to see all this uh, as we read through it kind of in sequence here uh, to see these titles and to see these images that all connect to the, the angel of Yahweh and to Yahweh himself, which is very interesting. So in Exodus 3, verse 2, we see here that it says the angel of Yahweh appeared to Moses in a blazing fire. We also see down there at the bottom of the scripture, he also says burning with fire. So that's one to note. 
is that the angel of Yahweh appeared in a blazing fire. Look over in Exodus 13. Then the Israelites set out for Sukkoth and camped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And Yahweh, okay, so this is Yahweh, was going before them in a pillar of cloud. So in Exodus 3, it was a blazing fire. Exodus 13, it's a pillar of cloud by day to lead them the way, and a pillar of fire by night to give them light. So we see now a different illustration here. And then if you move on over to Exodus 14, you see this angel of God, which is the angel of Yahweh, um, who had been going before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them in the pillar of cloud. We see that. You keep on going down. And it says, There was the cloud along with the darkness, yet it gave light at night. So that's Exodus 14. Um, just hitting the bolded words there. You can also see Exodus 16. It uses the word Yahweh. And then it uses the word the glory of Yahweh and appearing in a cloud. And uh, you're starting to get the, the, the gist here is that we're seeing Yahweh or the angel of Yahweh, both, both of them appearing in fire and smoke and clouds and, and, and using the term the glory of Yahweh or the angel of Yahweh or Yahweh himself or even that uh, Exodus 23, behold, I'm going to send an angel before you to guard you. And then look down there at that bolted the thing it says, For he will not pardon your transgressions, since my name is in him. And so it's uh, Yahweh God, God giving us an example of how he's putting himself in him. He's putting his name in him. Uh, you also see a couple of others, uh, Exodus 24, Exodus 40, uh, same kind of concept, concept there. Uh, we won't read all of it um, for the sake of time, but you'll see clouds and fire and smoke and the glory and all this kind of stuff. Um, just notice how the collage of images associated with the divine presence develops and grows throughout the story of Exodus and how they both are progressively associated with this angel of Yahweh and with Yahweh. And there's some bullet points in your notes there just to kind of bullet it out a little bit so you can kind of see those at a glimpse instead of all those scriptures at once. But I think it's important for us to note that this network of images is crucially important because it fits the same pattern of ideas that we saw in the, in the angel of Yahweh's stories that we already read. There is a deliberate narrative, uh, this, this strategy, if you will, to portray Yahweh as a complex unity so that the angel of Yahweh is both Yahweh and distinct from Yahweh at the same time. And we're going to keep repeating that phrase all throughout because that's kind of what we're, that's the case we're making tonight is that the scriptures are showing us that the angel of the Lord is, yes, God, but also at times distinct from him. And so it's a very interesting uh, thing. So as you see, uh, we're going to talk about the divine glory that we read about in the tabernacle and the temple. And so we've got several different references to that. Um, but in the stories, as you see in your notes, in the stories in Exodus listed above, they associate the angel of Yahweh with the glory-filled cloud of Yahweh that guided Israel in the wilderness, also appeared on the top of Mount Sinai, and then finally took up residence over the tabernacle. And so we must connect these stories from Exodus with later experiences of the biblical prophets who have had visions and encounters with this, this same glorious presence. And we explored some of these in our notes when we, when we talked about divine counsel um, in session three, I believe. Uh, but here are a few more examples, and we won't 
hit all of them, but we'll just kind of hit the bolded there. You see in Exodus 24, they saw God of, the God of Israel, and under his feet was a pavement of blue sapphire. So we kind of see that imagery still there. Uh, Isaiah 6, very familiar passage where it says, I saw Yahweh sitting on a throne, and seraphim, remember that word, we studied those creatures, stood above him, and then look at the last word there, smoke. So still kind of using the same language. First uh, Kings, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and the host of heaven standing by him. And then Ezekiel, we see this very uh, wild vision here of uh, above the pavement that was over their heads, there was something resembling a throne, like blue sapphire in appearance. And, and then he goes on to say that there was a figure with the appearance of a human. And so we kind of we get that from those angels and those you know appearing like humans, uh, and then something like glowing metal that looked like fire, and then you see again the word fire and a radiance or a glory around him, uh, and then you, you uh, see the last sentence there. Such was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of Yahweh, and so again just kind of more describing the presence of Yahweh and how it's uh, described in the Bible when we see God show up and His presence show up. Um, but all these visions of Yahweh um, that we read about, that where he's surrounded by his heavenly host, we've talked about those people, the heavenly host, uh, they are coordinated and working off the same basic set of ideas. This idea that Yahweh is king of all creation and rules from his heavenly temple. You know, we talked about he's ruling in the heavenlies uh, with the stars, like the host of heaven, you know, these servants that reflect his glory. And then it comes to these figures that sit on a throne, and we see these visions that are clear that Yahweh is the God of Israel who is above all and truly other, uh, and He is the creator of all, uh, the sustainer of all, but yet He is also in His crea- manifesting Himself uh, in His creation. He's also um, coming through an angel. Uh, this angel of, the, of, of Yahweh. So this angel, angel of Yahweh is both Yahweh and distinct from Yahweh and is the visible Yahweh sitting on a throne that the prophets are experiencing. And so it's, it's, uh, it's kind of crazy, um, mind-blowing a little bit. So th- if your mind's kind of blown, mine is too. But this glorious enthroned Yahweh that we're reading about is the angel of Yahweh who is both Yahweh and distinct from Yahweh. This is a robust portrait of God that pervades the entire Hebrew Bible, and it provides a crucial key element for understanding of how the New Testament makes its claims about the identity of Jesus. So now we're going to get into the New Testament, uh, which is also very interesting. So uh, we see here in our notes the New Testament, the portrayal of Jesus. Um, You see a very familiar passage in the New Testament, John chapter 1, verse 1. Um, As maybe for you, that was the very first uh, verse you read as a Christian, because a lot of times when people give their life to the Lord, uh, whoever is leading you to the Lord or discipling you, they're like, hey, don't start in Genesis, start in John. You know, like, don't pick up the Old Testament just yet, start in John and read John. And so maybe for you, this is some of the first scriptures that you read. Uh, but this, uh, these three verses here are beautiful and so complex and such packed with uh, such truth here. Um, and so we see here in this amazing text, a lot's going on. I want to read it uh, out loud. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was, in, he was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, 
and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Well, who is the him? Jesus, right? Because we, we go on to read that it says that he is the word, that Jesus is the word. So, so this text is describing Jesus, who was with God in the beginning, who is God, and, and everything is coming through him, right? So, um, so how, uh, how can you be God, but also be with God, right? So it's just something we have to think through. It's like, okay, how can Jesus be God, but also be with him? Because you wouldn't be with yourself, right? Like, I am myself. And so it's that same paradox, the same craziness of that, that God can be distinct. He can be God, but also can, can be the angel of the Lord. He can also be Jesus. He can also be the Holy Spirit. It's a very uh, awesome thing it's, because it's beautiful. It's, it's, uh, this describes the complexity of our God uh, and how awesome and majestic he is, that he's not like all these other dead gods. Um, so there are many things going on in this text, but the, revel- the rel- relevance, excuse me, relevance point uh, for our discussion is this betrayal, uh, betrayal of the pre-human Jesus. He is described as a being who is both God and distinct from God at the same time. And we see that in there. So John's just drawing upon this same thing we've been talking about, the same script- scriptural categories that, um, this, uh, that we see in the character of the angel of Yahweh in the Hebrew scriptures. Um, also, if we read also in John, we kind of can get a better understanding of this to help us make more sense of it uh, in, in John chapter 12. In John chapter 12, uh, we see here that, and we won't read all of it, but we see that uh, in the bolded, they were not believing in him, that's Jesus. So the Israelites there, they were not believing in him. And then John goes on to say that, that these things Isaiah said because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Now, this is where it's very relevant because we just read about Isaiah seeing his glory in, in chapter 6. In Isaiah chapter 6, the glory that Isaiah was seeing was the glory of the Lord. It was the angel of the Lord. It was the angel of Yahweh. And now John is saying that, that Jesus is the one that Isaiah spoke about when he saw his glory, that he saw his glory and spoke of him. And so now we see John is already knowing, he's already drawing this conclusion uh, that Jesus is, um, is the same spirit, the same God, if you will, that revealed himself in the angel of the Lord. So, um, so essentially what John is emphasizing here is that these, these leaders of Jerusalem, they rejected Jesus, they didn't believe in him. Even though they saw signs and wonders, uh, in this passage here he's talking about how he just raised Lazarus from the dead in uh, John chapter 11. But then uh, John says, this rejection is not by surprise. It's actually as we expected it because uh, we see in the book of Isaiah in chapter 6 that he talks about this uh, where Yahweh uh, said that Israel was blind in death. Death, sorry. And so notice the text John's quoting from, Isaiah 6. It's, um, he's speaking about Jesus as Yahweh. Uh, and he, he, this is a very bold and direct claim um, that Isaiah encountered the pre-incarnated Jesus as Yahweh. So in Isaiah 6, Isaiah encountered the pre-incarnate Jesus, and it was Yahweh. Um, so let's keep on making this connection here with Jesus and the angel of the, of the Lord, the angel of Yahweh. Um, you see here in your notes that the above examples make it clear that the apostles believe in, uh, that Yahweh in the Hebrew Bible is the same being who they met in the person of Jesus. But if the Hebrew Bible portrays the angel of, the, of Yahweh as Yahweh... 
why didn't the apostles ever use the phrase angel of Yahweh to describe Jesus? They never did. They never, all throughout the Old Testament they did. They referred to, they would refer to God and the angel of Yahweh as one and the same. But in the New Testament, we never see anybody refer to Jesus, even though they knew they never referred to him as the angel of Yahweh. Why is that? Well, first I think that it's, um, um, they did use some imagery and we'll, we'll read some, um, some, we can see some scripture examples of how they kind of painted this picture that kind of correlates the two. But I think that the most important thing here to understand is that they didn't want um, Jesus to be portrayed as an angel that he, because he wasn't a creature like an angel. He was the creator. He was God. And so it would cause a lot of confusion among the audience and among us today if, if they were to, to liken him to an angel because he wasn't a creature. He was the creator. He was God himself. And so just like God himself chose to express himself through the angel of the Lord, he also chose to express himself through Jesus uh, being the Son of God, but also being God. So they did use some imagery uh, of the angel of Yahweh to describe Jesus, um, uh, but they were very careful because they didn't want, um, they didn't want people to get that confused. They, he isn't merely a high-ranking angelic being who came to be among us. No, no, he is the one and only Yahweh who, uh, become a, who became a human being. So um, they didn't use this phrase because uh, they wanted to avoid any idea that Jesus is merely an angel. Uh, while they're remarkable beings, they are just creatures. They are not the creator. Um, and so it's clear that Jesus is the creator God. He is God. And so uh, we can see in Hebrews 1 there in your notes um, that Jesus, just to prove that Jesus isn't an angel, that he's higher than that. It says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. That's what Hebrews 1 says. Uh, sustaining all things by his powerful word. But then also you see how it ends there in verse 4. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name as he has inherited it superior to theirs. So he is superior to the angels because he's not an angel. Um, so that's just kind of helping us with that um, so we can see that he's not um, an angel. Um, so remember uh, in Exodus 23, you'll see that back in your notes, but in Exodus 23, Yahweh sent my messenger, it says, because my name is in him. The angel of Yahweh is not an angel, but the very personal presence of Creator God in human appearance. And so the author of Hebrews is claiming that Jesus is that divine person who is both God and distinct from God, and who has become human in the presence of Jesus of Nazareth. Okay, And so uh, we're going to conclude with this statement to kind of help us sum it up. It's kind of what we've been saying, but we're applying it to Jesus now. The angel of Yahweh is God appearing as human, while Jesus is God become human. Look at that again. The angel of Yahweh is God appearing as a human, while Jesus is God become human. Because remember, angels are appearing as humans in the Bible. So there's many mysteries that remain, but the above summary is helpful. Uh, it's a helpful way to put all the pieces together. Um, there's a couple of book references that talk a little bit more about this that might help us. Uh, Michael Heiser, which we've recommended some of his books before, uh, that on spiritual beings, and Scott McKnight uh, as well. So, <clears throat> again, I told you it wasn't as many notes tonight because we don't we wanted to um, leave room for us to study and research and, and talk about this because it is interesting. It's very interesting. Um, but we want to take time now to uh, answer any questions. 
uh, I'll, I'll do my best to repeat your question so that everybody can hear. And then we're going to end with prayer uh, at our tables, praying for the needs uh, of, our, of our people around us. Uh, so yeah, what are some questions, curiosities, uh, insights, that kind of thing that maybe stood out to you tonight? You got something, Brother Dale? Yeah. No, it's good. It just
Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. So just the complexity and the majesty of God, and, but then also not getting so hyper-focused on an angel or something like that where you're, you're getting weird, right? You're starting to get off into the left field. Um, but now I, as we study these type of things, and it's, it's the same thing as, I mean, every week as we study this, it's like, I just rem, rem, I'm reminded of the scripture. His ways are not my ways. His thoughts are not my thoughts. He is higher. It's higher than all that. And uh, I'm reminded that God that we serve is not, not like us, and he's not confined to time, space, or matter. And so, like, it's, it's hard to comprehend some of it, but uh, we want to do, do the best we can and, and, and ask the Lord to reveal things to us and how we can apply this to our life. And so, um, I, you know, I don't want us to read over something as believers and just be like, oh, I don't understand it, and just keep going. Like, ask questions and dig and, like, research and, and ask, ask the Lord, like, okay, Lord, why is this in your word? This is your word. It's in here. What's it mean? And how do I apply it to my life? And so, um, yeah, so it's good stuff. Some other questions, thoughts? Yes, Ms. Erica? Whenever after the Ezra, the Lord, I think of this, um, when he appears to the prophets and people, there's uh, no man can see the face of God. Mm-hmm. Live. So I think of it as an angel that is bringing the presence of the Lord, and the Lord is speaking through him. His presence is with him. That's why, mm-hmm. you know, It's God himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Yahweh just presenting himself through that, that angel and his presence through that angel. Yeah, that's good stuff. It's good. All right, any other thoughts, questions? Yeah, good stuff.